Hello, friends, and welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain, and it is fantastic to have you with me again on another episode of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming the everyday challenges that we face in life. Hey, just want to welcome our new listeners, our new subscribers. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music. So glad that you are with us. Don't forget to check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E, for many other resources. And you can also get a copy of today's handwritten show notes. I'm really excited about today's leadership podcast It's about leadership and boundaries, leadership and boundaries, relationship and boundaries. You might be interested in a couple of resources. One is a book by author Danny Silk. He wrote a book called Keep Your Love On. And in that book, he talks about communication and boundaries and connection. And then another book I've read, Keep Your Love On, highly recommended. Another book that I've not read but I get a lot of material from it. I'm encouraged a lot by it is Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Boundaries. And uh, just a little bit of information I got from him today really shapes our podcast today. So let's talk about the needed topic, leadership and boundaries. You know, when Dr. Cloud talks about boundaries, one of his illustrations, his visual, is to imagine a deed of land, that you're in your neighborhood and your house sits on a deed of land, and to the next of you is your neighbor, and they have their deed of land, and maybe to the other side is another neighbor with their plot of land, and it comes with a deed. And that deed gives you control, if you will, over your plot of land, over what is happening in your space. Boundaries are so important in relationships because boundaries define what is appropriate and what is acceptable in a relationship. And sometimes things happen that is not a a, a literal boundary, like a wall is not going to stop. For example, my neighbor on most Friday nights has friends over on their back deck and they like to play music. And sometimes it's loud enough that I can hear it in my home. But I'm okay with it because almost every Friday night at some point at night, I know that they're going to turn that music down. They're going to be respectful of their neighbors. That's a boundary that I can live with. And some, we need these kinds of boundaries within our relationships because they're going to define what's appropriate. They're going to define what's inappropriate. They're going to define what's acceptable and what's unacceptable in a relationship. Boundaries, we think about how do we define them? Like how do we, how do we know what they are? How do we establish them? How do we discover boundaries? I have found that Boundaries can often be defined by job descriptions. Matter of fact, I was talking to a young man today who works outside. He works in a landscaping industry. And as I was just chatting with him, I learned that he has authority to mow the grass. He doesn't have authority to trim the trees. 
His job description comes with real boundaries. There's also boundaries in delegated responsibility. Within my organization, I delegate responsibility to the team that I lead, and they know that within that area of responsibility, they have authority to make decisions, that there's a boundary there. And if those boundaries are violated, something happens outside of that, then we need to have a clarifying conversation about why a boundary was violated. Boundaries can be defined by job descriptions, by unique delegated responsibilities, Boundaries can also be defined by personal values. What is important to you in whatever relationship it may be, whether it's a working relationship or it's a a unique romantic relationship, maybe it's a parenting to child relationship, sibling relationship, whatever it may be, each of you or a group of you are bringing personal values to the relationship. And many times, places where we feel intense emotion, strong emotion, it's because a value has been violated. And if we've not communicated that value, then it's hard to hold another responsible for the boundary they violated when we've never communicated the boundary based upon personal values. Now, I'm talking about everyday common kind of values. I'm not talking about the unusual situations like abuse, a language that's um, def- defamation language. It's mean and rude kind of language. I'm not talking about those kind of situations. I'm talking about values such as perseverance, honesty, the values of working hard, the, the value of being on time, things like that. Boundaries help define the relationship. And so boundaries are critical because once you have defined them with job descriptions, delegated responsibilities and values, you've helped define the relationship with the boundaries. My relationship with my neighbor is very clearly defined in part by this is my piece of property and I'm paying for the deed to do what I want on this piece of property and you have your property and hopefully what happens on your property stays on your property, but should the tree that's on your property fall over into my property, it's now crossed the boundary, we have to work on that. Now, many times people will establish contracts for when boundaries are violated. But as followers of Jesus, and hopefully as healthy leaders, we operate by a higher law, the higher law of love and human kindness. That's not to say that sometimes contracts aren't needed, But when you're talking about the relationship with your kids, sibling relationships, the relationship with your spouse or your parents, you can't have a contract. You have to rely on love and trust and kindness and compassion and personal responsibility. Boundaries define what's appropriate and what's acceptable in a relationship. And boundaries are how you protect what's important to you and allows you to see others more positively. Let me share a story with you. There's a, a, a gentleman has a garden, and he loves his garden. He's got some wonderful vegetables, rich red tomatoes, and he's got some uh, 
things growing in the ground, such as spinach or, or, or kale or, or lettuce or something like that. He's got he's got some uh, really fantastic strawberry patch growing in there. And he's just got a beautiful garden. The problem is <laughs> the deer keep coming and eating his garden. He no longer sees the deer as beautiful. He's angry at the deer. They're violators of his garden. He's angry about his garden because what he wants to produce and receive as growth and fruitfulness from his garden, he can't because the deer keep eating it. So what does he do? He puts in a fence, a deer-proof fence. And now his garden is really growing and it's producing a great harvest. And he's so excited about the tomatoes and the greens that he's growing and the strawberries that he's getting. He's so excited about all of that. And it allows him to now see the deer in a more beautiful light, the beautiful creatures that they are. But when you don't have boundaries, you're not able to protect the garden that is important to you. And you also begin to see people that really do have beautiful qualities. You begin to see them at their worst. Boundaries are here and they are how you protect what's important to you and allow you and I to see others in a more positive light. Boundaries are really helpful. So I've kind of laid out for us some advantages of boundaries, but I want to be more succinct and give you four advantages of boundaries and establishing boundaries. And then I want to give you a couple of suggestions for how you can communicate the boundaries that are being established. Because it really requires a dialogue to establish healthy boundaries that are really good for the relationship. So here's advantage number one of establishing boundaries is it's that you establish priorities. You, you really define what's important in a relationship. <laughs> one of the boundaries in my marriage is serving one another. We often ask each other, hey, is there something I can do for you today? Is there something you need? Is there something outside of just our normal rhythms of marriage life that I can do for you that would help you feel loved, that would really serve you and support you today in the things that you're trying to accomplish to move our family forward, to move your calling forward? Simply establishing servanthood as a value, if you will, as a practice in our marriage, then we begin to establish priorities. We define what's important. Second, advantage of boundaries is you get to exercise freedom. <laughs> See what I love about Dr. Cloud's metaphor of the plot of land that your house sits on is it's mine. I can grow freedom in my, my I can grow a garden on my plot. I don't go over to my neighbor's plot and grow a garden on his. I have freedom to do what I want to do in mine and my neighbor has freedom to do what they want to do in theirs. The advantage of establishing boundaries is you get to exercise freedom. You're not going to try to control someone else. On a good day, we can only manage ourselves. We can exercise our freedom in a way that adds value to others, but we maintain our freedom. We're not being controlled by another. So the advantages of boundaries is we establish priorities. We get to exercise freedom. And thirdly, we define responsibility. Not only have we defined what's important in establishing priorities, but we get to define the responsibilities. What, what I'm going to be responsible for, what, you, what you're going to be responsible for, to whom I'm going to be responsible, and to whom you're going to be responsible. Defining 
boundaries in our relationships is really important. You might think about the young couple that starts dating and maybe one of them says, look, one of the boundaries is I'm not going to be alone with you after a certain time at night because they want to maintain maybe a level of purity or integrity in their relationship. Maybe in the early part of their friendship, they say, look, one of our boundaries is we're going to pay for our own meals so we don't send an unintentional message. They're defining responsibilities because if you don't define these boundaries, then you come to a meal and you're expected to pay for the other and you don't know that. Or you come not knowing that you're going to have to pay for your own and you're looking for something else. Defining boundaries really helps us define responsibility. The fourth advantage of setting boundaries is that you clarify expectations. You see, establishing priorities is about what's important. Defining responsibility is what I'm going to do. Clarifying expectations is about the other person. When you define boundaries and you set them in place, I know what to expect from you. Um, Relationships rely on trust as a foundation. And when you clarify expectations and you define responsibility, you establish priorities because that's what boundaries do. And they help you exercise your freedom in these priorities and responsibilities and expectations. Trust begins to grow. Trust is built in that relationship. And trust is the foundation for all meaningful relationships, whether they are professional or personal. Four advantages of boundaries. Establishing priorities. Boundaries help you know where to exercise freedom. Boundaries define responsibility. And boundaries clarify expectations. So let me offer just a few tips, if you will, in the area of communication about boundaries. Number one, use I statements. You can only manage you, friends. You cannot control another. If you have a team, you can establish responsibilities and expectations and give away job descriptions and provide resources and set goals and manage goals and be good delegators and help people move forward and help them grow. But at the end of the day, you cannot make people do things. You want to motivate. You want to inspire. You want to encourage. You even want to challenge And there may be reprimands and there may be something like that. But at the end of the day, you can't control people. I can't control people. So when we're talking about leadership and boundaries, we're talking about how you as a leader need to use I statements. And hopefully those whom you're leading will also use I statements. I statements, they say this, I'm in charge of me. Here's what I'm going to do. You can expect these things from me. I'm a trustworthy person. I'm a person of integrity. And this is what I'm going to do. I statements are so essential to establishing boundaries. The second tip I would encourage you to consider in communicating about boundaries is honor another's boundary. You want to communicate and honor for another's boundary. Hey, I see that boundary. I want to honor that. Hey, I see that this is really important to you. That matters to me. I want to respect that. I want to honor that. I I can abide by that. 
And when you communicate and when you demonstrate that you honor another's boundary, you are saying, I want to protect this relationship. This relationship is really important to me. And more than managing behavior, I want to support and reinforce the strength of our connection, the strength of our trust with each other. And this is what boundaries do. They help us do that. And so let's you and I honor another's boundary. Third tip, when you're establishing boundaries and communicating, particularly to those that you lead, peers, the team, your ministry, your volunteers, whatever it may be, you want to speak assertively. Now, we've talked about this a number of times in these podcasts, the importance of assertive communication. Now, in case you're new with us and you've not listened to the other podcasts, the other styles of communication are common but not encouraged. And they are the aggressive communicator, the passive-aggressive communicator, and the passive communicator. The aggressive communicator is the T-Rex dinosaur. They eat everybody in front of them. The passive communicator is the goat that's waiting to be eating, waiting to be eaten. And that's often why you see aggressive communicators and passive communicators come together because the aggressive communicator wants to eat the goats and the goats want to be eaten. They are passive communicators. And then you have passive aggressive communicators. These are the chocolate covered dragons. (laughs) Sweet on the outside, but on the inside, there's a real fire that'll burn you. You don't want to communicate like that. You want to be an assertive communicator. If you don't know what that is, research our podcast. We talk about this, but maybe, to be quite honest, what might be more simple is just to do an internet search on helpful tips for communicating assertively. There's many, many articles written about this, and I would encourage you to learn how to speak assertively because speaking assertively allows you to respect and honor and have dignity for another. You're not trying to control them. You're not trying to make them be smaller than what they are, nor you wanting to be smaller than what you are. It's two powerful, three powerful, four powerful, however many powerful people coming together. And we want to honor each other's place of value and significance and identity in their contribution. We don't want anyone to feel small. We don't want to overwhelm anybody. So we want to learn to speak assertively. When you define your boundaries and you can do it assertively, people will respect that. They'll respond to it. If they're not doing exactly what you want, you know, have a conversation, figure out what really is going on at a micro level. But I promise you, in all the years of my leading, people respond in a much more positive way to an assertive communicator. They don't really respect the aggressive, passive, or passive-aggressive communicator. Leadership and boundaries. Did you even know this was a topic? This is such an important topic for us as leaders because boundaries define the scope of the relationship and what we expect from each other. It's rooted in our values. It's rooted in a job description. It's rooted in delegated responsibility. And when we have clarity about that and when we are empowered to operate within that set of boundaries, friends, amazing things can happen unbelievable collaboration, creativity, compassion, connection, curiosity really becomes the breeding ground for innovation, for momentum, for really getting some phenomenal things happen. We've got to have boundaries. 
and we need to do it well. Hey, I hope this podcast has been helpful for you today. Episode 126 of Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives, our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming the everyday challenges of life. Hey, I love you, everybody. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week.